Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. And this episode is sponsored by Anna Coplin. Copeland? We'll try it both ways. You let us know, Anna. So thank you. <laughs> Nobody else is going to thank her. Oh, <laughs> oh, geez, is anybody else on this podcast? Thank no. Of course. <laughs> All right, guys. So today we will be discussing Chapter 6 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Talons and Tea Leaves. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to dive into the details before we begin Megan! Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Swish and Flick can be found on all the different social media channels. We are Swish and Flick Podcast on Facebook and Swish Flickcast on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure that you head on over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. We post all of our podcasts there as well as vlogs. So make sure that you follow us on our Potter filled adventures. Um, you can also join us on Patreon for exclusive access to The Felix Files, which is our bi-monthly bonus episodes, a chance to be a guest on The Felix Files, a live video chat session with us monthly on Zoom, giveaways, and lots more. So if that sounds fun, make sure that you head on over to patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast and choose your support level. Um, big thank you to all of our current patrons. You make this podcast possible by supporting us. So thank you. And thank you patrons. Yes. And lastly, make sure that you head on over to our website, which is swishflickcast.com to check out all of the info on Swish and Flick compiled into one place with all of our brand new fancy merchandise. <laughs> and the weekly profit. I thought that since we didn't have time to really like go into a separate episode yet on the crimes of Grindelwald screenplay cover, I thought maybe that could be our weekly profit this week. Just to sure kind of briefly cover it. And I found this article on EW Entertainment Weekly that kind of pulled some stuff that they saw. Um, and I don't know if we, if you guys had any ideas on it. So, like, okay, as everybody knows, the cover for the screenplay of Crimes of Grindelwald came out about a week ago. Um... And there are quite a few clues hidden on the artwork 
and it seems to reference things that we can expect from the upcoming film. Yeah, I've had it. I, I looked at it like right when it came out. Um, and then I think like a lot of people were like speculating about what the different things are. I also just typed into my browser artwork of crimes. I don't suggest anyone does that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a total accident. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> I think that the uh, I think the first thing that it points that I want to point out on it is that there is the Eiffel Tower, which we know we see Paris in this film, so that's pretty prominent on the artwork. Um, um, Nicholas Flamel locket, I assume, with the NF yes. sorcerer's stone above the word the. Uh, yeah, so is... there's yeah, there's a locket and then a key <gasps> on the other side. I think. What did you see? My some sound was going off. Oh, we didn't you guys hear not it. Hear? Okay, no. sorry. <laughs> Scared the crap out of me. I thought you saw something in the picture. <laughs> no, I tried looking at it, and then it, music started, and I freaked out because I didn't know if you could hear it or not. That's why I saw a video start when I pulled up the article, so I just took it off. But, um, anyways, it looks like as if under the little fantastic beast, it looks like a wand. Um, lots of beasts throughout this, uh, some kind of bird mixed in with that Eiffel Tower, cats, bow truckles, nifflers, um, what we could maybe assume are like two snakes at the bottom, like on either ends. Mm. They kind of look like little horned, like snake type things. I don't know. Mm. Um, Deathly Hallows, obviously in the middle, the Elder Wand, I would assume. Um, ladies' faces on either side. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they kind of look a little bit like Tina. Maybe one's Tina, one's Queenie. But they look the same. Yeah, they look like what a if, mirror. Well, guys, what they if are sisters. Okay. What if it's that chick, the uh, Maledictus? I was mm. thinking of her when you mentioned the snakes on the bottom. Yeah. Nicholas? Who knew there would be so much to talk about within a book cover? I know. It looks like... like dragons in the top corners the dark mark ish kind of thing yeah it looks like off the Eiffel tower there's birds or like something like those feathers look like flames to me yeah agree so maybe like phoenixes Hmm. yeah fox because there's a lot of speculation that newt somehow gave dumbledore fox Mm -hmm. yeah oh i just noticed picket yeah, Pickett. I didn't see him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know who the kitties are. Yeah, we better find out. I need some what cats in Harry Potter. Yeah, that's interesting. Because, like, I don't know of anything that would relate to a cat at this point in the Fantastic Beast series, at least, unless McGonagall plays a role somehow. Ooh. That'd be cool. I mean, she's older and would potentially be around <laughs> Hogwarts. Wait, wait. A young McGee. A young McGee. I feel like that casting would have gotten out though. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she should be cat forms. That would be McCrazy. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh goodness. What is this? Is that like a quill up top? Yeah. Above like the game. word crimes? And it's, like, making a fancy sheet. Like, drawing. It reminds me of, like, a Trinity knot. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. A little bit. I don't know, y'all. 
That's a lot of uh, it's a lot so to digest. Info in a, a lot book of things. Cover. Yeah, and obviously within the title, The Crimes of Grindelwald, you have um, The Hollows. Yes. I love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, lots to be discovered coming November. All right. Moving on? Moving on, I would assume. To yeah. the, uh... To the... The... the r- 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 recap. Thank you. So, uh, last time, it was time for another school year. Woo! the best school year oh my gosh Uh, the crew uh head back to platform nine and three quarters to board the hogwarts express but the train is so full they have to share a compartment with the new defense against the dark arts teacher but that's okay because he's super hot and after a scary encounter with a dementor where the super hot teacher saved everybody and gave everyone lots of chocolate (laughs) harry thinks he's glad to be home that's not what the doc said (laughs) all all i'm going to say is that you are 27, so you can think he's hot. Not that other people can't, but these kids are, like, 13. Like, it's weird crushing on your teacher. Hermione like crushed on Gilderoy yeah, pretty hard. Yeah, come on. It was so gross. And she was even younger. Yep. <laughs> well, she's just gross then, I guess. You never know. crushed on a teacher in grade no. school? Herm, you no, gross. All of mine were old women, for the most part. Mm. Oh, I thought you meant all your crushes were old women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now our listeners know your type. Yeah, I crush on some grannies. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh my god! All right. So, <laughs> it's their first day of classes for their third year. What about? Jeez. Ron seems confused with Hermione's schedule, but she ignores him as usual. And they head to find divination their first class. I wonder if they had trouble. Did they have to use a crystal ball? (laughs) (laughs) Harry gets some grim news in that class. And then after (laughs) transfiguration, they head to care of magical creatures with Hagrid. There's an accident in his class because of a cocky idiot who doesn't listen. And that leads to Harry, Ron, and Hermione comforting Hagrid later that night. And it ends with an angry, kind of drunk Hagrid. Pour one out for his teaching career, maybe? Possible? (laughs) (laughs) The stories are just so good. (laughs) The grim news got me. The grim news. (laughs) Jeez. I tried to make each one funny, but you know what? Sometimes it just doesn't happen. <sighs> well, I enjoyed I that one thoroughly. You're welcome. And I'm the only one that matters, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So the first thing that the trio sees when they come into the Great Hall was Malfoy, and he's working on his comedy act at the Slytherin table. And he was pretty much practicing like a swooning fit, mocking Harry um, for his little <laughs> incident. Excuse you. On the train. <laughs> it's just a hiccup. I know. Pardon you, ma'am. You. Pardon you. Okay, <laughs> Alright. And good old Pansy Parkinson with a face like a pug. He's and my favorite. I, I said, hey, some people like pugs. Doug the pug. He's awesome. Oh my god, I just compared somebody to a pug. Yeah, you did. <gasps> a basketball Was it player. Pansy? It was a basketball player. Rut-row. Oh, get it? A dog? <laughs> Anyways, if you enjoy pugs, good for you. Then now you, you know what pansy looks like. Because <laughs> clearly, Malfoy enjoys pugs as well. Oh, so, not for long, though. 
So she's joining in on all the uh, mocking fun. So I figured um, we're going to go into Pansy Parkinson's character a lot later. I think when we go into when everybody's kind of like making out with everybody. What is that book for? They don't smooch. They snog. I feel like that doesn't happen with Malfoy until like six. I'm pretty sure he's doing it now in year three. Whoa. I know, but, like, I feel like we don't read about it until six, maybe. Well, no, you're not going to read about it because it's Harry's story. Harry's not snogging anybody until, like, what, five? Yeah. So I, I feel like uh, there's some Slytherin-type antics happening. Anyways. <laughs> Is he uh, Slithering into her mouth? <laughs> what did you say, sir? <laughs> I said he's trying to slither into her mouth. Oh, boy. All right. So, I wasn't doing that at 13. I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> you were born. Slytherin. I will also say <laughs> I wasn't doing this either when I was that young. I'm not going to say anything. All right. She's uh, making out with all the dudes. So her fact file is two things. Are you ready for it? Because it's some extensive knowledge. All right. She's a pug. No. Oddly enough. She's in the Slytherin house. Mm-hmm. Hobbies, fondness for unicorns. Oh, I didn't know fondness for unicorns was a hobby, but we'll take it. All right. (laughs) I thought you were going to say fondness of Malfoy. So did I. (laughs) I mean, you could probably add that in there. But uh, long story short on her character as of right now, she's not a nice lady. Do we know who she gets married to after the war? It ain't Malfoy. I don't think we do know. I know it's that Malfoy. I don't know. It's Do you not know who Malfoy marries? Goyle either, right? Doesn't he die in the Phoenix? He does not marry Goyle. <laughs> Spoiler. I'll also say she doesn't marry me. Or me. Or me. She got escorted out of the castle because she tried to give Harry away at the battle, right before the battle started. Yeah, she it's be... not telling me any information was of like, who she'd be making. Potter's right there. So we know she didn't die in the battle, so yeah. I don't know. TBD, oh. friends. TBD. All oh, right. No. Okay. So George passed out the new schedules to them for the third years. And he asks, What's wrong with Harry? And I said that was kind. Like we always talk about <laughs> The jokes that the twins play, but I want to make sure that we like focus on their hearts of gold. This is always he's like checking in. Yeah, go ahead, Megan. I wanted to point out that this is definitely a positive toward the twins here, because a couple people in our Facebook group actually said that the twins were their least favorite <gasps> because they didn't like how much they. They, like, seemed to joke at the wrong times sometimes. Story they, of my life! They weren't really, Sorry. um... I can't remember exactly what they said. Like, but it was, serious? Yeah, they, like, weren't serious <laughs> when they should be. <laughs> well, uh, and they just, like, sometimes did this in the wrong time, if that makes sense. Or they, or they actually would, like, make fun of people when they shouldn't. Or not really bully. That's not really the right word, but... Well, like they would, you know, like the one I remember, the one example that they said was whenever the twins would jump out and scare Jenny when she was really scared in Chamber of Secrets, they like really hated that. We we went over that, though. 
I'll say this about them is coming from someone who my, all of my family, we all do this. Like we don't, I don't ever see them doing it to like other students. They're always doing it to their siblings or like Harry, who's family. True. And I, I'm only speaking with my, for my family. Like we do this all the time. Like we give my mom crap all the time for like doing and Cherylisms. We all, we all, yeah, we all joke around with each other. Like, and I know for me, I laugh at every situation. Like, (laughs) so they're just, that's how they are. I don't know. I don't think that's, that's them being bad. And I don't get mad when my siblings make fun of me, like, cause they're doing it in a loving way. Yeah. Right. I agree. And when we talked about the, the whole jumping out and scaring Jenny, you have to think like they're, they're kids too. And they don't always know the best thing to do. And that's what they thought they could do with her in order to make her feel better. Right. Yeah. Like so, trying to do stuff that might make her laugh. Like thinking if I do it's this, it's not what they, what she mm-hmm. needed. Maybe it's what they would have needed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you always mm-hmm. do stuff for people that you think they only. It's l- the love language kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you have to think about what other people need, and they're kids, and they didn't think about it. You know? Yeah. Go ahead, Katie. Just a dumb story. When I was little, I, me and my brother would play monster. Like I would chase after him and like growl, and he would laugh and whatever. But one time he was afraid of thunderstorms and I was like, oh, that's just monsters playing up there. And he was terrified. But like, I was just trying to like relate to him. So like, that's just an example of a sibling trying to do something good and doing something really bad. Oh, Katie. Oh, I never told him the I whole God it. playing bowling thing. I think that I was said, I... no, I said monsters. Why did I say that? That's what I'm I used to, I was terrified of storms. My mom always pulled that. It's just God playing bowling. Don't worry. Yeah, my mom <laughs> said the same thing. Still, I don't like them at all. My parents like told me it was weather. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's boring. My parents didn't talk to me. <laughs> I love storms, by the way. Yeah. Um. All right. So they do have hearts of gold, and now I'm going to point it out every time. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's important, too. I will yeah. say this. I think that they're far from the worst Weasley. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I'm throw that out there. Ooh. For sure. Okay. <laughs> it's none of my business. Sipping tea. All right. So George calls uh, Malfoy a git. Heart of gold. And then inf- heart of gold. I'm telling you, you can make fun of people. It's hard to <laughs> Malfoy deserved that, though, because of the whole Dementor thing. But he informs Harry that when the Dementors were at their end of the train, Malfoy came running into their compartment and he nearly wet himself. And I said, uh, Dementors, you know, they don't like to discriminate with who they make feel terrible. No. And I also think that everyone has a little bit of a different reaction to Dementors based on their fears. Because I was thinking about this. Because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I feel like I'll never feel cheerful. I feel cold, whatever. Um, Harry obviously has a very specific reaction. Um but in general, I think everybody feels awful. But yeah. I think everybody is, like, a little bit different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Based on your fear. Go ahead. I like I like that a lot. Because even, like, when... Did you catch that? Got it. When J.K. Rowling is, like, saying Dementors are, like, depression, every person is different. And yeah. every person's depression is different. And how they react to it and how... They can seem like they're absolutely fine, like one person can and the other person can't get out of bed, you know? It yeah. comes in different forms and everything. So it's I think that I think that's good that she shows you that people react to dementors differently too. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. 
I think that's all. totally accurate, though, because later on, uh, Remus even says, because Harry's like, why do they affect me like that? And he's like, well, you've got a real tragic past. So for right. someone who doesn't have a past like that, they it just might, might be... feel less happy and right. just, like, kind of crummy. But, like, for Harry, mm-hmm. I mean, he's had some serious crap happen to him. So, yeah, I think that's a very... I accept it as canon. Yeah, yeah they have, I Like, agree. a very innate ability to pick the worst experiences, like, from your soul or your worst fears. Even, you know how some people... Um, I know I used to do it when I was younger. You come up with, like, the worst situation that can happen in your head. Um, and I feel like they, like, pick that, pull it, bring it to the forefront, and that's exactly what you're feeling at that time. Mm-hmm. Sounds like anxiety. Yep. <laughs> it, but honestly. Sure does. <laughs> no, like, I'm not even joking. Like, that's, that is, ang- like, for me, that's my anxiety is not knowing. Like, and I'll just pick it apart and go insane. And you, you make yourself go a little nutty. Sure. And I and I think she wrote it exactly how um she needed it to come across and you know I think going over this I realized that so much more as an adult. So. Mhm. All righty. So, um they were talking about, you know, the dementors and George <laughs> bless you, my dear. Thank you. <laughs> George brings up that Mr. Weasley had to go to Azkaban one time. I said, I wonder why. That's a pretty serious place to go for his job. Um, and then when he came back, he was weak and shaky. Hmm. So we don't know what was going on with his mind, but we see how it physically affect, mi- affected Which Mr. is kind Re- of like a panic attack or something, or an anxiety attack, you know? It could be. Or, or it's a result of what he had seen while he was there. Right. Right. So, ugh. I just mean like those are common things that happen in an anxiety attack. The weak and shaky, like, clammy and shaky. Yeah, yeah. I've never had a panic attack, but um, I could. Definitely... They're almost um, similar to like feelings that you might be having a heart attack, like your heart is racing. Yeah. Okay. You get the cold sweats kind of thing. So a lot of people will go to the hospital thinking like they're having a heart attack, and they're like, "No, you're actually just having a panic attack." Wow. Yeah. Oof, that's rough stuff. Um, so, but she's, what Joe is doing here is she's laying that foundation. So we know that Azkaban is horrible and she needs us to know this. Even someone as tough as Mr. Weasley is coming back weak and shaky. Like she's just throwing all of this information on like these horrible things guard this place. And this is what it does to these strong wizards. And she's just letting us know, like, it's awful. Yeah. So keep it in mind. Um, the first Quidditch match of the season is Gryffindor and Slytherin. Weird. Like, that's not happened before, right? <laughs> we don't ever play each other. So. <laughs> and Sarah, Harry eats some sausages. Woo, 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 woo. I think sausages should get a bell. <laughs> yeah. And fried tomatoes for breakfast. Next mm. sounds really I good. I enjoy a good fried tomato. I really... I've never had one. Oh, it's so good. My, my mouth is watering because I can taste <laughs> one right now. I ate a lot of those on our cruise, actually, for yeah. breakfast. Um, we get to see a little bit of Herm's schedule. And Ron states that she's taking 10 subjects a day. And there isn't enough time. Time There's is what? Time. 
time. Time is written in italics. Do you understand? There's not enough time. I don't think it's written in italics in my book. Oh, well, it is in mine, so you can suck it. All right, well. <laughs> you know what? That's the last I'm going to take from this, so I think I'm just going to leave. Okay, bye. <laughs> you think I literally got up and left? <laughs> um. So I wanted to read a little bit of her schedule. Did you? From the book. It's called Schedule. Okay, schedule. I'm sorry. Schedule. The Schedule. But look, said Ron, laughing. See this morning, nine o'clock divination. And underneath, nine o'clock muggle studies. And Ron leaned closer to the schedule, disbelieving. Look, underneath that, arithmetic, nine o'clock. I mean, I know you're good, Hermione, but no one's that good. How are you supposed to be in three classes at once? Hold on. Don't be silly, Ronald. Serious question. Serious? Serious? Who's Hermione? I only know Herm now. <laughs> I don't have time nor the patience for this. At you don't this have moment. time. <laughs> you don't have time. Are you serious? One one way I'll, I'll say. Why are you keep my hand up? Because I'm tired and I don't want to have my hand up like this because I can rest it on my forehead. Oh my God. Answering your question, and I don't remember specifically what it was, but talking about her having three classes at once, the reason how she can do it. Magic. Oh my god, get out. Magic. <laughs> oh jeez. And she puts Ron off by cutting him off and being short with him per usual Herm and Ron relationship at this point. Nothing new. And later on, though. Let's be real. Yeah. Soon it's gonna be Remini. <laughs> what what? I love it. Don't you mean Rerm? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag canon. <laughs> oh, and I said, next, Hagrid rolls in looking amazing in his moleskin overcoat, swinging a dead polecat. And I had to look up polecat pole because cat, I, couldn't, Tiffany? I couldn't remember. It looks like a little it's ferret. It's the brothers. It does what? The lonesome polecat. That's the song. Um, okay, I won't sing it, but it's my favorite <laughs> song for seven brothers. <laughs> They're swinging with axes in the woods. Oh, my God. So if you know what she's talking about, kudos to you. If All right. Seen, if you've seen the movie, if you haven't, go see it. It's good. So a polecat, it looks like a ferret, and it says it's a weasel-like Eurasian what? mammal. Yeah. Mainly with dark brown fur and a darker mask across the eyes. Like a coon. And it's, like, n- noted for ejecting a... What is that? Fetid fluid when threatened? So I assume it's squirting something out at like a other skunk. end when it's afraid. So that's a polecat. Cool. <laughs> is is this dead polecat slash weasel um, foreshadowing Draco's demise? It's not they turn Wait. him into a ferret. Oh, but they call it a ferret. So Does... I don't know like the actual difference. Does he have that because he has to feed the hippogriffs? No, he feeds them ferrets? Oh, that class yeah. is later Probably. on that day. Probably, because we see him in the movies. Yeah, we see him buckbeak. Come get the juicy ferret. I wish says? that in the movies we would have seen many a hippogriffs, like in the book. <laughs> many yeah. a many hippogriff. A hippogriff. <laughs> many a hippogriff. 
So I did ask that question, Hagrid, why do you have this? But that's obvious to me now that you've said why he probably has it. It's probably to feed Buckbeak. All right. And his so. friends. They need to eat too, Tiffany. It's not all about Buckbeak, all right? Yeah, for real. As he's just a troublemaker. Like he's carrying it up to the, like, the head table for the teachers to split. <laughs> Maybe. You can have a foot. <laughs> I'll take a tail. Oh. <laughs> he's bony. Is there any uh, meat on the tail? A, a, a smidge, maybe. No, yes, okay. All Just right. So Hagrid is nervous about teaching his first class, and the trio has his first class ever. So he's been up since five, prepping for the lesson. And Ron feels pretty anxious about this lesson. And I was thinking, I was like, maybe is he thinking of spiders, like, right mm. off the bat? Since he's biffs with uh, Aragog. Yeah, Aragog. And King, King of the Arachnids. <laughs> and friends, it is now time for some divination. And I said the subject gets a lot of crap. So I thought what I just read. Sorry to interrupt you. What I thought you it read? said the subject is a lot of crap. And I was like, what? <laughs> <is this>? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it gets a lot of crap, especially from Herm. So there is an article on Pottermore, and it is titled, In Defense of Divination. And it says, though it is widely mocked and of arguably dubious value, there must be something to be gained from examining divination. Um, and a quote from Sybil Trelawney says... <laughs> Many witches and wizards, talented though they are in the area of loud bangs and smells and sudden disappearings, are yet unable to penetrate the veiled mysteries of the future. Of the future. So, there's a lot in this article, and I am not going to like read it verbatim to you. But we'll However, post it, but we shall post it for you. We will post it. Will we post it? Oh, yeah. I think we'll post it. I'm seeing into the future. The article will be on our Facebook page in July. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe end of June. <laughs> Possible. Um, we see that there are a few students who really, like later we'll see it, uh, that really enjoy it. One being Lavender Brown, um, okay. who firmly believes that, quote, um, your future lies at the bottom of a dirty teacup. <laughs> <laughs> um, Professor McGee, however, uh, doesn't feel so kind about the subject. She basically hates or it. Or the teacher. McGee is McHayton. Uh, she hates really hard. <laughs> and I'll have something to say about that a little. Uh, not in this chapter episode, but the next one for sure. Um, and it says, so who are we to believe, right? Because we're getting differing opinions on this. And... I don't know. Where are you guys at with this subject? I would like to know. Nope. Um. I hate so here's. It. Oh, okay. I don't hate it because it's a very strong word. But like, I think it's one of those things where like every once in a while we see her get the prophecy right, right? Right. And yep. the other times are like you see later on when she's like Neville, you're gonna break this cup. Okay. Well, he's super accident prone. He's either gonna break it or he forgot something. You know what I mean? So I remember a couple of years ago, someone had told me, like, you're supposed to read, like, the horoscope in the evening after your day is done. Because if you read it in the morning, you're more likely 
to like manifest it into being. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if like you hear these things, are you going to manifest is so Neville hears that, Oh, I'm going to break this cup. One is going to be extra nervous when he goes over there and he's going to break the cup. I can feel that. Yeah. Like Harry has Voldemort on his back until, you know, he literally kills him. And however many years later from this point, giving him a piggyback ride. Well, sometimes Harry just is a really nice guy and carries people around. Carries the weight sometimes in that golden trio. Maybe he's got like a baby um, Bajorn for a baby Voldy. <laughs> <laughs> but like someone telling Harry, oh, you have the grim, you're probably going to die. Guess what? Um, I, need you to say die. It, I need you to say it the right way. <clears throat> you have the grim? <laughs> Not the grin, you idiot. The, the grin. grin. It's one of the loudest sounds. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the loudest sounds. It's one of the loudest sounds. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. So, but honestly, give credit where credit is due. Trelawney may not have the ability to control her sight, but she does have the ability of sight. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I feel like her her whole purpose within this whole I don't know, you know, you go through life with a purpose, right? Y'all. I feel like her purpose in this lifetime was to be the person that delivered this prophecy. Yeah. And so she did what she needed to do. And to drink a lot of sherry. Oh. Mm-hmm. Chugging it. Go. I, so, I'm not a fan of divination, but I just think that I'm, I guess I'm not a fan of teaching it, per se. Because, mm. like, oh, if, okay, if, I got you, you. Don't, if mm-hmm. you don't have the sight, you don't have the sight. Like, it can't be taught, you but know? It, mm-hmm. But if someone has it, they could hone it. Right, but it's yeah. kind of a waste for so many people. Like, I feel like yeah. maybe there should be... I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, the whole Hermione thing, like, clearly she doesn't have it, and that's fine, but then, like, it kind of makes her feel poopy, right? Like, I took this class, and I can't excel at it, because I don't have the sight. Do you know what Yeah, but, like, that's, I think that that's Hermione's own fault. Like, she she was close. In the, in the way, in the way that, um, you know, she's, she's so bent on being good at all of these subjects, why like you don't need to be like she's putting all that pressure onto herself yeah mm-hmm. like, you, like you've said you you either have the ability to do divination or you ha- you don't like it's not one or the other you can't just magically gain it yeah. and that's something Hermione needs to realize and not be so angry at Trelawney for being Trelawney mm-hmm. yeah I think that's silly I think that um I get that she had to to do I don't know I don't want to say that she's a complete fraud because clearly she's not, but um, the way in which she conducts herself in these classes isn't necessarily good. Mm -hmm. Um, Having said that, I would really rather learn from friends and the whole stargazing thing and learning that because that seems more scientific to me than, hey, I'm going to chug this cup of tea, swirl around the dregs and let me see what I come up with. Like, they would be cool to do, like, once in a while, you know? Like, the fun stuff. Yeah. Like, doing the t- tea. I almost said sipping tea. I guess same thing. Doing that maybe, tea. like, every, like, couple of months just for, like, a low, we're going to make fun of each other kind of day. Like, have fun with each other. For some then, poops and giggles. Yeah. 
Go ahead, Megan. I feel like, yeah, kind of, kind of what you said. Like, if divination was taught the way that Ferenz taught divination, I think it would make more sense to be a class. Because I feel like he mm-hmm. teaches it so that anybody can at least understand it. Whereas yeah. Trelawney is very much just like, okay, look at this cup and see what you see. Or just stare into this crystal ball. It's like, well, not mm-hmm. everybody's going to see something in the crystal ball. Because not everybody has that ability. So I feel like it just is, it's more so the teacher. I yeah. Think. Like, she's a good seer. She clearly and we is know a why, seer. She's just yeah. not a good teacher. And we know why she's there. Right. Like yeah. She's there because she had this prophecy she heard it. She's a valuable person to keep close to Mr. Dumble. Yeah. Right? We got to keep everything close to the chest here. Um, we can't let her go roaming about because God knows what would freaking happen if Voldemort found her in Albania. So, well, and like, <laughs> like Megan's saying that she's not that great of a teacher. You see later on in the books when they're doing their, um, their final exams. And they have to, like, figure out, like, what they see in the crystal ball. And, like, people are like, I just made it up. Like, yeah. Right. Like, isn't that what Ron said? Ron or Neville? No, I think it was Ron. He's like, I literally just told her some stuff. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you see nothing. I think he told her a lot of, like, bad things that would happen. And she gobbled it up because yep. um, she's a bit of an actress. So mm-hmm. if you like Trelawney, cool. You can like her. I think she's a fantastic character. But if we dive into why she's there we know why she's there is she a good educator from this educator's mouth no you can fight me on that if you want you'll lose no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but no but seriously, um, but right. I, I don't i don't dislike her i will say that i don't dislike her as a person i dislike her as a teacher yeah i could say and, that about a lot of people at hogwarts i mean, I mean there's yeah. a ton of terrible teachers at hogwarts so Excuse me if you can hear my mic moving. I am not comfortable, obviously. So I have to try and move around here. All right. So anyways, that article is on Pottermore. Peruse it at your leisure. And on our Facebook page. Oh. And on our Facebook page. So divination is located at the top of the North Tower, and it will take roughly 10 minutes. Ding. (laughs) get there from the great hall and i actually um i wanted to make sure that i had the towers right because i was like oh i was like is this by the tower that dumbledore fell off of no he fell off the astronomy tower anyways tried to connect it didn't make it so malfoy takes another shot at harry as they leave the great hall for class and the trio realizes that um, even though they have two years under their belts at Hogwarts, they still know, like, nothing about the castle. Um, and after seven long staircases, Ron is out of breath. And there's nothing that they're seeing except for this very large painting of grass that's attached to the stone wall. And Ron and Herm are looking for the next best way to get... Um, to the North Tower, and Harry's just standing there watching this painting, because it's empty, it's just grass, right? And then suddenly, a fat gray... Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it? How would it come in handy? Maybe you have an upcoming international trip? Maybe you want to connect with family and friends? Learn about a new culture? Want to understand certain pop culture things? Well... Rosetta Stone 
is the most trusted language learning program. And guess what? It's available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 language, languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. These are just some of the examples of languages that you can learn. Fast language ac acquisition. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in so many ways. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's designed for long-term retention, and it's got built-in true accent features to give you feedback on your pronunciation. It's kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also really convenient, and I'm really excited that there's an app. There's an app option, and you could also use it on your desktop. It's got an audio companion, and it's the ability to download lessons so you can do this offline. And it's at an amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and languages needed in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off. It's a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Swish and Flick listeners will get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Fighting for the bell. Pony came into the picture <laughs> and is soon to be joined by a short squat knight who had clearly just fallen off this pony because he has grass stains all over him. Aww. And I Welcome to one of the most underrated characters in the Harry Potter series. He was at my wedding. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, he was. Tiffany kissed him. Yeah. I made out with him. <laughs> okay. Tell your husband that one. I will. And so... Um, I already so posted those it. on our Facebook. You can search for them. <laughs> Enjoy. They're um, I have a feeling that the baby's actually Sir Cadogan's and not Marty's. <laughs> short and squat, we'll know. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Sir... I always say Cadogan. That's how I say it, yeah. I say Cadogan. yeah. So, um... Uh, he has a he has a whole profile thing on Pottermore, and you can see his uh, at the very bottom of his little profile, his sword, his fat gray pony, who has a very short tail, by the way. 
Sir Cadogan uh, fell on his noggin. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what to funny, say. funny, you missed it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it says, before the wizarding community was forced into hiding, it was not unusual for a wizard to live in the muggle community and hold down what we would now think of as a muggle job. It is widely believed that in wizarding circles that Sir Cadogan was one of the most famous knights of the round table. What? Albeit a little known one. Little. Haha. Squat. Uh All right. Who else is described as squat? Umbridge. Yes. Related? We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. Sir Cadogan is cool and she is not. She ain't cool. Um... And that he achieved this position through his friendship with Merlin. He has certainly been (laughs) excised from all muggle volumes of King Arthur's story, but wizarding versions of the tales include Sir Cadogan alongside Sir Lancelot, Sir Belvedere, and Sir Percival. These tales um, reveal him to be a hot-headed and peppery and brave to the point of foolhardiness, but a good man in a corner. One of his most famous encounters was with, I have no idea how to say this name, Wyvern of Way. I don't know. It's a dragonish creature that was terrorizing the West Country. After their first encounter, the beast ate Sir Cadogan's handsome steed, bit his wand in half, and melted his sword and visor. Yes, oh, no. ma'am. Do you think his handsome steed was the one from Shrek, Donkey? <laughs> I a noble not. steed. Oh, that's a noble He's steed. a noble yeah. steed. Yeah. So, um, unable to see through the steam rising from his melting helmet, Sir Cadogan barely escaped with his life. However, rather than running away, he staggered into a nearby meadow, grabbed a small, fat pony grazing there, leapt upon it, and galloped back towards the something, dragon thing, whatever, I don't know how to read it, <laughs> with nothing but his broken wand in hand, prepared to meet a valiant death. The creature lowered its fearsome head to swallow Sir Cadogan in the pony hole. But the splintered and misfiring wand, hashtag flashback, pierced its tongue, igniting the gassy fumes rising from its stomach, causing the dragon thing to explode. Dang. Whoa. Right? Sir Cadogan is B.A. Yeah. Yes. One would say he's on fire. Or he makes other <laughs> people like catch on fire. <laughs> Oh, geez. So his portrait hangs on the seventh floor of Hogwarts Castle, and it shows him and his little pony and his hot-headed temper. I'm glad that I got to read a little story to you all today. So when we (laughs) meet Sir Cadogan, he says, Aha! What things <laughs> upon my private lands? Come to scorn at my fall, perchance? Draw, you knaves, you dogs. He is, like, amazing. He's As hilarious. you can tell, I really like to read him. <laughs> and so Sir Cadogan begins to, like, hop around, brandish his sword, sword at them. He's raging, and he falls down. He's pretty much a mess, you guys. <laughs> And Harry tells him that they're looking for the North Tower, and all of a sudden, his little temper switches because now we're on a quest, right? That's so cute. I love him. And he's like, follow me, dear friends, and he's talking about bravely going into the charge. 
and his sword is stuck into the ground. He can't pull it out. Um, and he also can't get back on his pony. So he just gives up and starts running through the portraits. And he's running and running and running and running. And they're following him. And they go up a spiraling staircase, which I'm glad we see that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they reach the classroom. And it, he says, be stout of heart. The worst is yet to come, yelled the knight. As he's running through all these pictures. And um, so he finally gets them to where they need to go. And he says if they ever need anything to just call on him again. And Ron's quote is great, obviously, as always. It says, yeah, we'll call on you, muttered Ron as the night disappeared. If we ever need someone mental. <laughs> <laughs> I could read Circa Doggin all day long. Yeah, he's pretty good. I love him. I love how he, like, can't get up and he's like, well, all right, on foot then, let's go. That's what (laughs) I would do, though. Like, I feel like I'm so short and also a little squat. I would, like, not be able to get back on this stinking pony of all things. It's not even a horse. It's a pony. He, like, I would just, I'm him. (laughs) Yeah. I feel it. To the green. So, divination. We talked about it a little bit, but um, they find the landing that they need to be at, where most of the class is already there waiting, but there's no doors, just a circular trap door at the ceiling with a plaque that reads, Sybil Trelawney, Divination Teacher. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> There's this really good article on Pottermore about Sybil Trelawney, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's really, um, it's a lot, but it's cool. So I will post it. I'm seeing into the future. It'll <laughs> be on our Facebook. Um, so Just she... look beyond. <laughs> look beyond. <laughs> uh, if you guys could see, I moved my head like Trelawney. Okay. So Sybil's the great-great-granddaughter of a genuine seer. Cassandra Trelawney. I feel like that's kind of mean on Trelawney that it says genuine. of a genuine seer. I mean, Sybil is a genuine seer, right? Yeah. Anyway. She's a little spotty, but... It says that they think that Cassandra's gift has been much diluted over the generations, although Sybil has inherited more than she knows. Um, Half-believing... Yes. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. That's what kind of kills me. Like, she doesn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing yeah. these things. Because when she yeah, has, like, like, a real vision, she doesn't remember it. She doesn't. So sorry, what does she... <laughs> <laughs> So, like, this whole thing is, like, like her whole, what she thinks that she's doing... Like, I wonder if she's she knows that she's acting, or she's just trained herself so much to believe that what she's doing is, like, real. I I'm going with like the second part. She really believes that it's real. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She, it's, it's just in her blood, and I feel like she was brought up with it. It runs in her family. I, I think she believes all of it. All right. But, um, it says, Sybil has cultivated a dramatic manner and enjoys impressing her more gullible students with predictions of doom and disaster. Mm. Um... And then they talk about a little bit of things that I'm going to bring up in a moment. Hermione's not a big fan of her because Trelawney is not very logical. Um, 
So, yeah, it says, nevertheless, Sybil does experience very rare flashes of genuine clairvoyance, which she can never remember afterwards. She secured her post at Hogwarts because she revealed during her interview with Dumbledore that she was the unconscious possessor of important knowledge. Dumbledore <laughs> gave her sanctuary at the school, partly to protect her, partly in the hope that more genius predictions would be forthcoming, though he had to wait many years for the next. Hashtag so. Tiffany's right. Hashtag another reason why I don't like Dumbledore, because he used her. Just saying. Don't you talk about my Dumbly. Yeah, but, like, where would she have lived? Uh, Voldemort would have went, Like, where would she be if it wasn't for Dumbledore in his defense? That's true. I don't know. She'd be dead. Maybe. But at the same (laughs) time, his intentions are unclear here. His intentions are always unclear. I know. They're a little murky. <sighs> yeah. You're murky. So, her <laughs> fact file. Uh, her na- full name is Sybil Patricia Trelawney. Her birthday is the 9th of March. <laughs> what? You're supposed to say I it just, right. It just sounds like it's like two bookends that are <laughs> odd names. Not odd, but different. <laughs> and in the middle is Patricia. Patricia. <laughs> Patricia! Like Sybil Patricia Trelawney. Trelawney! Sybil Patricia Trelawney. That was really good. (laughs) Thanks. She was born on March 9th. Her wand is nine and a half inches hazel and unicorn hair core. It's very similar to mine. Yeah. I mean, not the core, but the the length and the the wood. Yeah. Ah. Are you a seer? Uh, Yet to be seen. Sarah. (laughs) Sarah, she's a Ravenclaw. Got another one for your house there. Another weird one. Uh, You've got Gilderoy and you've got Sybil. And Luna. Not the weirdos. I have have Blackheart. I have Luna. And Cho. Cho is a Ravenclaw, isn't she? Yeah. The only person I like so far out of all we haven't met Luna yet. But Luna is the only one I actually like. And she's weird, too. Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, the only one I like is me. <laughs> no, we know that answer. Nope. <laughs> um, so she's half-blood. Her mother was a muggle. Her father is a wizard. Uh, her skills are a seer, though the gift is unpredictable and unconscious. Meaning, again, she doesn't remember when she actually sees something. And her hobbies are practicing making doom-laden prophecies in front of the mirror and Sherry. So, that's a hobby. A good hobby. Yeah. It's better than fondness of unicorns. True. <laughs> <laughs> Something wrong with having a fondness for unicorns unless you are fond of drinking their blood. Then that's True. an issue. Ooh. True. You'll have a half-life. A cursed life. A cursed life. <laughs> Um, so the trap door suddenly opens and a silvery ladder descends. It's a good bell. And Thank you. I'm gonna read from the chapter. Says, the chapter. Oh, there she is. Where are you gonna read it from? <laughs> Y'all get way too excited for me when I do this voice. Also, like not that I don't think it's that funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're not on the receiving end of the voice. <laughs> well, you know what? She would say something, but she's not allowed. Because she's dirty. <laughs> Speaking of Florence, I got I got your Florence towel in stock today. Oh! So 
so I'll have to show you guys those at the end. Um, yeah, you, it's pretty wonderful. It is pretty wonderful. <laughs> so, back to the book. He emerged into he emerged into the strangest looking classroom he had ever seen. In fact, it didn't look like a classroom at all. More like a cross between someone's attic and an old-fashioned tea shop. At least 20 small circular tables were crammed inside, all surrounded by chintz armchairs and fat little poofs. Everything was lit with a dim crimson light. The curtains at the windows were all closed, and the many lamps were draped with dark red scarves. It was stiflingly warm, and the fire that was burning under the crowded mantelpiece was giving off a heavy, sickly sort of perfume as it heated a large copper kettle. The shelves running around the circular walls were crammed with dusty-looking feathers, stubs of candles, many packs of tattered playing cards, countless silvery crystal balls, and a huge array of teacups. So. Uh... Okay. Then, lastly, there's like a little bit here. A voice came suddenly out of the shadows, a soft, misty sort of voice. Welcome, it said. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Divinity. I'm going to kill you all. Someone's going to die this year. My guess is on Harry. He has the grim. Never don't break that pink teacup. <laughs> <laughs> How nice to see you in the physical world at last. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, what happened? Oh, there we go. Harry's immediate impression was of a large, glittering insect. Professor Trelawney moved into the firelight, and they saw that she was very thin. Her large glasses magnified her eyes to several times their natural size, and she was draped in a gauzy, spangled shawl. Innumerable chains and beads hung around her spindly neck, and her arms and hands were encrusted with bangles and rings. Sit, my children, sit. Okay. I want to say that to my next class. <laughs> you have to say it in Trelawney's voice. Oh, sit, I will. Sit, my children, sit. Okay. You get yep. really into that. I like her voice. It's easy to do. All right. Oh my God. So students don't see much of her outside of divination class because she finds that descending too often in the hustle and bustle of the main school clouds her inner eye. You have it no makes inner my eye. inner eye roll. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Um, and she does tell the class that she believes divination is the most difficult of all magical arts, and that if you do not have the sight, there is little she can teach. That's true, though. Mm-hmm. It is. Which is why I say the way she teaches it is wrong. It needs to be like friends. She says books can only take you so far, and Herm looks quite startled. She doesn't like that. She's not a fan. But it's true. I know. I think that's true about a lot of things. You can learn so much by books, but, like, you need to live in the real world. Da-da-da-da. I have a suggestion for Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. What is your suggestion, Tiffany? That they should teach the theory of divination. Sounds boring. And And then for the people with true sight can take the practice of yeah, a divination. Tiffany, Just you should be on the uh, 
the board. The board, the board of governors. Yeah. I'll take Malfoy Senior spot. The hog board. He's gone. <laughs> Your face. He's gone. <laughs> now, uh, now here is where Trelawney starts making some incredibly impressive predictions, guys. Watch out. These be correct. Give it to me. <laughs> she asks Neville. Where is it? I want to read it. She says, you boy, she said suddenly to Neville, who almost toppled off his poof, which I want to say is quite impressive because a poof is like, squishy. how can you topple off of that? It's literally just a pillow it's on Neville. the ground. It's, yeah, it's Neville. I know. <laughs> is your grandmother well? Read Neville. I, I think so. I wouldn't be so sure if I were you, dear. <laughs> I can hear excellent acting over here. Thank you. Excellent. (laughs) We will be covering the basic methods of divination this year. The first term will be devoted to reading the tea leaves. Next term, we shall progress to palmistry. By the way, my dear, beware a redhead man. Oh my god, I love this. You know who you sound like? You sound like the guy that plays Professor Snape. In a very powder musical. (laughs) Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh my god. Oh lord. Let me teach you how to read tea leaves. (laughs) In the second term, we shall progress to the crystal ball. And if we have finished with fire omens, that is. Unfortunately, classes will be disrupted in February by a nasty bout of flu. I myself will lose my voice. And around Easter, one of our number will leave us forever. Is that my voice? Ha! I'm crying. I do that when I do voice impressions. I start to cry. So, yep. Because she's weak. <laughs> so. Sorry. Whatever. I cannot um, get comfortable right now. Ugh. So. Ugh. You, like you have a basketball, like, when you just moved, it looked like your stomach wasn't real at all. So it looked like you moved... <laughs> Tiffany, by the time this comes out, you might have like a baby. We should certainly hope so. I think it's coming out the 20, the 31st, no, 30th, or 1st? The 1st of July. I don't know calendars. Neither do I, let's be honest. But I think it's like the very, like, regardless, you might have a baby. Hopefully, you have a baby. All right. All right. (laughs) So... Um, around Easter, she says they're going to lose one of them, which we know is Herm. Herm. Herm right. says peace. Herm says peace Herm. out, mofo. That's probably Ooh. that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say the whole thing, so I we're good. <sighs> okay. Um, and then the thing that Lavender Brown is dreading that will happen on Friday the 16th of October is her bunny. Her bun bun. Okay, but she's not dreading it. I know. Okay, Herm. That's, okay, Hermione. That's, that's, oh my that's god. Being yes. honest. I'm just being honest. I almost so, said that. They are going to immediately, right now, start off with reading tea leaves. So everybody divides into pairs, drinks tea until only the dregs remain. They swirl the cup three times with the left mm. hand, then mm. turn the cup upside down on its saucer, wait for the last of the tea to drain away, and then they swap cups. So This sounds very long i agree i think we should do it we should oh my god i love that do we have a book that we can look for stuff now that we have the internet 
Jessica Baziak probably would. Yeah. She could hook us up, I'm sure. Shut up, Real question. Up. What the is the internet? To be honest, I don't really know. Okay. I don't know. I search for the answer every day. I Google it. <laughs> I hate you so much. Internet.com. Download more internet and then we can figure it out. Yeah. It might tell us. <laughs> so Ron and Harry, obviously our partners, they swap teacups and Ron says, Right, what can you see in mine? And Harry goes, A load of soggy brown stuff. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Love it. Oh. So Harry predicts Ron will suffer, but be happy about it. Foreshadowing. And also uh, a I, movie I believe is on. I called this out today in the group. Yep. Yeah. Harry is the greatest seer of all time. <laughs> he is. Look at that. He's got the sight. I mean, in the movie, he does see Sirius Black going, But for real, though, big foreshadowing and major movieism switch. Yeah, yeah, why do that? I don't know. I mean, I guess Although it makes I like sense Ron for both it. of them. You have I, to make Ron funny, yeah. right? I like yeah. I like Ron's face and he says, he's like, you're going to suffer, suffer, but you're going to be happy about it? Like, <laughs> the way he says it, the look on his face. And, yep. like, they just smirk at each other and it's so perfect. Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, so Harry... Uh, Ron can't quite make out Harry's. He guesses a ton of stuff. He says a bowler hat, an acorn, a hippo, a sheep. Is it hungry? I'm going with sheep. Uh, But then Trelawney comes over, you know, to help him out. She sees a falcon, which is a deadly enemy, and Hermione Mm -hmm. gets snippy. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone knows that, Hermione says in a loud whisper. Everybody knows about Harry and you know who. Which, I mean, Duh. fair point, Hermione. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Harry and Ron stare at her with a mix of amazement and admiration, and they have they say that they've never heard Hermione speak to a teacher like that before. So she's not a fan of uh, Trelawney here. So she sees the club also, which is an attack, and then a skull, which means danger in your path. And finally, she gasps and screams... And says, the Grim. <laughs> What's the Grim? Uh, not the Grim, you idiot. The Grim. We're going to say that a thousand I times. Just, I just can't. <laughs> I can't handle it. Can Honestly, I just... though, well, hold on. I was doing the salute first. So. <laughs> you guys fight uh, over it. I think no matter what Hermione's feelings are for Trelawney, and far be it for me to. Hate on my girl. She should not be speaking in that tune. You need to be respectful, friends. Let's just be respectful. I agree. And when we get to the next part, I will say my piece as well about McGee. All I want to say is, technically, why don't you think that everybody has some danger in their path? Yeah. Freak accidents, colds, illnesses. Death eaters walking around, people with wands. You just invite a one person, boom, they gone. That's some dancers sucking out souls yeah. left and right. We don't know. Like legitimately, like well, in real time life, you're walking <laughs> down the street and just get hit by a car and die. You know what I mean? Freak accidents happen all the time. Well, this guy IJS. eaten by a shark, electrocuted using a knife in your toaster. Don't do that. What is happening? Disclaimer. <laughs> Are you just yeah. naming things from the movie that like? 
where people like die. No, what is that I'm movie? just saying. What's what? the movie I'm thinking of? Help me. I don't know. Uh, What's the movie where they Final all die? Final Destination. Like... Oh. Yes. I've never seen them. Although I do think of like when I'm driving behind a big truck that has like logs of whatever or yes. like things that I'm gonna logs of whatever because oh, like <laughs> logs of wood but like long or like they're metal ball like um pipes. poles yeah pipes poles I got things you. that and at a very fast rate you know they don't this... stop once in motion you're still in motion. They stop, and if the thing comes off, gone. Oh, that and Newton. In the danger. In the path uh, of danger. This went a whole nother route. <laughs> I'm just saying, she could say that about everyone and not be wrong. True. True. Like, she could be like, ooh, you're going to die. You know what, lady? Someday I will be dead. So, yeah, you're right. God, Sarah's just bringing it down. <laughs> just... Today I'm Debbie. I'm just being honest. Like when people, when people will be like, "I don't want to die." Well, no, a lot of people don't want to die, but unfortunately, that is part of life. The one thing that you can confirm in life is you're gonna die. Uh, and on that happy note, <laughs> so Yay. because Trelawney sees this grim, Harry starts thinking about all the times now that he has seen a black dog. So yes. he thinks of Magnolia Crescent, yes. the dog in the shadows before he gets on the night bus. He thinks of the dog on the cover of Death Omens that he saw in Flourish and Blots. Um, and what the Grim is, is it's a dog that haunts churchyards. It's an omen, the worst omen of death. So, which again, as we pointed out before, is technically true because Harry does die in the Battle of Hogwarts and then he comes back. Mm-hmm. So... I guess she's not wrong, right? Um, but Hermione is like, uh, I don't think it's the Grim. And Trelawney gets snippy back and says she has very little aura about her. Very little receptivity mm. to the resonances of the future. Um, and then everybody had to come and see Harry's cup, but Harry wasn't having it. And he's just like, when you've all finished deciding whether I'm going to die or not, he got pretty sassy there. Uh, And then Trelawney decides to end the lesson there with another prediction for Neville, telling him he'll be late next time, so mind he work extra hard to catch up. You're gonna be like, mind your business. (laughs) If I was Neville, I would be there like an hour early. (laughs) Like Knowing Neville, he doesn't know, like, he'll, his clock will stop or something. He's bad luck. (laughs) Is that like a thing, do you think? Like... Especially, like, in the wizarding world, do you think some people just, like, have straight-up bad luck? Probably. I think that's true in real life. You think so? Real-time mm-hmm. life. Real-time life? Mm-hmm. You think the Irish are more lucky, Sarah? What is your experience? I'm only fake Irish, so... It depends on what kind of a conversation we want to have, but yeah, sure, we can be lucky. Okay. Actually, I don't know if I'm any part Irish. I have to do that thing. What but... if you find out that you and Marty are related? Hubba hubba, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I read an article that says it takes three generations before things will happen to your children, so. We're good. good. (laughs) Bear Cup's gonna be all right. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing we have against us uh, is our Aunt Sarah. (laughs) 
The poor kid won't stand a chance. Nope. Oh, Lord. All right. Yellow time. It's yellow time. Yellow. Yellow time. <laughs> not yellow mo, just yellow. Why not? Because I'm not a yellow mo. He's not cool <laughs> enough. Katie. I'm a satap. Satap. So I'll anyway. make you a yellow. Oh. <laughs> Wait, Wait, we said that you? wrong. Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, Sartap? Wait, what? Sartap. Sartap. What are Sartap? letters in the grand scheme of things? Sartip. Sartip. Sartip? Sartip. Tap would be tap. Tap. Sartap. Anyway. Is that going to be the episode title? I will say this. Every time that we have a conversation and we bring someone new into it on howing, how howing, and how to read their name backwards, it's like a twenty-minute conversation, just going <laughs> saying it over again <laughs> and again, and then it's slightly a question. Yellow, yellow, yellow. my sadness is I've known what my name is backwards for a many, many a year. That is easy. Yeah. Yellow was kind of difficult. Nah, it's real hard. Nah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right, guys, I'm going to go into my section here. So, the Gryffindors head to the next class, which is Transfiguration with Mick G. And Harry sits in the back, and he feels like he's sitting in a bright spotlight because everyone keeps shooting glances at him as if he's going to drop dead any moment. He could. I hear a cat. Yeah, I don't know what my cat's doing. I think he's working for me. Time to talk to Big G! Oh, he answered. Um, So Harry's hardly paying attention to class at all, even when Big G's telling them all about animag- Or do you say animagi? Or anim- anim I don't like the jai part. All about the animagus. How about that? There you go. Wizards who can transform at will into animals. So I looked it up just because there was actually a lot of, like, cool, fun facts about them. Some I already knew, like, how you have to register. And if you don't, technically, you're supposed to go to Azkaban. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I was reading about that, and I was like, that's crazy. That's, but, like, And for there's how so long? many, I don't know, I don't think it says. For, forever? I mean, we know, of, we know of three Four, really? Four. Is Rita Skeeter unregistered? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. That's how, so, yeah, doesn't um, Hermione, like, threaten her? Be like, ah, I'm yep. gonna tell your secret. Yep. She's a bug. Yep. Um, so Hogwarts students learn about this in their third year, but at the Ugandan school, Ua- Uagadu, they can master the complex transfiguration by age 14. So they can WTF, do it. WTF, Hogwarts kids. So, like, don't everybody think... there is an animagus? I don't know. Why wouldn't you want to be? You know what I'm saying? I want right? to be. They, yeah. Don't they also use wandless magic more so than wands? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're just straight up better. Ooh. I'm just saying. Think about the ability. We're all Pretty like, awesome. oh, the Marauders. They did all this crazy magic becoming Animagus. Don't you These talk guys about are doing it boys? too. And without wands. <laughs> Can I drop this? All right, <laughs> ma'am, you're screaming, and I don't appreciate your tone. Turn um, down volume in your headphones, please. Turn down for what? <laughs> Sorry, everybody, that was really embarrassing for all of us. <laughs> I have 37% battery. Let's go. Oh boy. 
So obviously, <laughs> something as complex as this has to be pretty hard to achieve. Um, so some of the things you have to do, you have to hold a mandrake leaf, a mandrake leaf in your mouth for a full month. You can't even take it out when you eat or sleep or anything. And if it comes would out it... or you swallow it, you have to start over. Would it count if you did it in February? Mm. Oh my gosh. Good. Or did it oh my god. Like I was days. like, why? Genius <laughs> <laughs> thoughts. Um, then at the next visible full moon, you have to spit that leaf into a vial within range of the moon's pure rays. So it can't be, like, hiding behind the clouds or anything like that. And if it does, you gotta start all over and suck on that mandrake leaf again. Ooh. Um, <laughs> you also, what do you need, a brew potion? Yeah, it has to include dew that hasn't been exposed to sunlight or human feet for a full seven days. These are very weird things. Yeah. So it just keeps going on and on and on. There's just so much to do. I foresee I'll be posting this. Oh! J.K. <laughs> Rowling's detailed instructions include warnings not to panic and also some pretty terrifying after effects to animal spells gone wrong. There's more on that in the Animagus essay, which is well worth a read. Ooh, I think it's on, on here as well. Yeah, it says read. Click here. Which you can read here. So many it. articles. So many. So go and look at these because it's fascinating. Yes, it is. Uh, the first recorded Animagus was an ancient Greek wizard named Falco Aslan. And yes, he, he turned into a falcon. falcon. He was. <laughs> uh, you can't choose your Animagus animal. It's just closely linked to your personality. But as we discussed before, your Animagus form and Patronus form can be the same. Um, it can embody a distinguishing feature. For example, McG's glasses, Reader Skeeter's glasses, and Wormtail was still missing a finger douchebag. Too bad he wasn't missing a head. True. Hey! In North America, they're known as skinwalkers. Which sounds really gross, but that comes from like a myth um, that nomadges made up. Yeah, Native American myth that that was made up because nomadic medicine men were like fearful of them. Mm. It Uh, reminds me of um, True Blood. Like the one... Um, mm. Sam Rilat's brother, at least on the show, I don't remember about the books though, that his brother could shift, um, but he got like into animals, but he'd also shift into people, but that's a little like Twilight. Hashtag, yeah, I was gonna say hashtag Twilight. No, like complete, no, this show's actually good. I watched a bit of it. <laughs> it's mean to Twilight and you know, other people that I like just, that. The thing stuff. that gets me with Twilight is that they call Jacob a werewolf. Not, he's not a werewolf. No, don't lie. He's a shapeshifter. Yep. A shapeshifter. I will say that the wolves that he shapeshifted into, into wolf, one wolf, is um, a lot better looking than the werewolf. Well, listen. That's because it's not a werewolf. Werewolves aren't cuddly. It's just a wolf. But they could be. I mean. They're puppies. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All dogs are puppies. All the dogs. Other dogs. <laughs> no, you sound like a smoker. <laughs> I had a pack a day until I started talking about other dogs. <laughs> I don't even Who's know. that? That's Harriet. So <laughs> <laughs> She's a little, <laughs> a little risque. 
the insane. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, my other personality. Jeez. Oh, that's just Harriet. Oh, that's just Harriet. <laughs> I don't talk like that, Megan. I don't it's say like Harriet. Fish from Finding Nemo. She's like, yeah. this is my sister Nemo. Flo. She's a little nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what that oh is. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> She's a little nuts. <laughs> sound clinically by the way her name's deb and her quote-unquote sister's name is flo yeah and flo oh wait Uh, god flo i didn't even think of that florence does not like to be called flo her name is florence (laughs) that is her full name she doesn't go by anything else she doesn't work for progressive (laughs) she took that name from me she wants to be cool like me but she can never be that way (laughs) anyway hold on i have to let my cat in Come here. Okay. So, you do not adopt the lifespan of the animal you become, as we see with Wormtail, because a 12-year-old rat is very old. Would be bad. What's that? I said it would be dead. Oh. And I said too bad. (laughs) (laughs) And McGee was taught by Albus Dumbledore, so does that mean he is an animagus? What? Oh, she was taught how to become one by him? Yes. Oh. Honestly, I don't see really why smart. he wouldn't be one. Um, and if I think that he were to turn into it, I think he would be a phoenix. That's what I was thinking too. Um, but we have zero evidence of any of that. I mean, he probably knows exactly how to do it, but to say that he did it, we don't know. Yeah, maybe I think he just coached her. Do a walrus. And what? that's why he did I don't know, I said a walrus. <laughs> Those magical walruses. So, Harry didn't even watch when McGonagall transformed herself right in front of the class, right in front of their eyes, into a tabby cat with spectacle markings around her eyes. And she says, really, what has got into you all today? Not that it matters, but that's the first time my transformation's not got applause from a class. So Harry explains that they just got back from their first divination class, and McGee immediately was like, alright, who's dying this year? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody. And she tells she tells the class that Trelawney has predicted the death of one student a year since she arrived at Hogwarts, and none of them has died yet. Seeing death omens is her favorite way to greet a new class. How nice for me, someone for, for me, me, someone who's like anxious. That would not be cool. Um, so McGee almost talks bad about Trelawney. Mm, almost? Or does? Mm, she starts to, then she kind of like stops herself, then she starts again. Divination is woolly. Oh, her no, Hermione <laughs> says it. Yes, Tiffany. Alright, guys. Let's be real. You know I love my girl McGee, okay? McGee! <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> You can have all the feels you want, but to talk about a coworker like that in front of students, you are just downgrading her and verifying a lot of what they already felt, aside from a few students, not appropriate. Maybe it just came out before she, like, thought about it. It's not appropriate. Because I've done, like, even my mom has said stuff like that. Like, I asked her, like, regardless if it's appropriate or not, like, maybe she's just spoke without thinking like, you gotta get a handle on it yeah well you know she's old oh, <laughs> she, old. she does what she wants 
I'm just but saying. Like, it, I think it, it's it, good that she said something because that I think puts Harry back in like, okay, well maybe I'm really not gonna die. She should have stopped at the oh that's her favorite way to greet a class blah blah blah. Right. But you, you know, McGee does McGee so. However, McGonagall, like her one of her pet peeves is probably like incompetence. Mm. She and probably I... is like this lady's just hole up in this hot tower chugging <laughs> bottles of sherry, saying crap to kids. She's probably not all about that life. She and on, yeah, she's probably just like she probably doesn't view Trelawney as a proper teacher, you know. So she yeah. doesn't have respect for her because same of that. same thing with Gilderoy. Yeah, yeah. Gilderoy I mean, is a little bit more worthy of his hatred than Trelawney, though. As is I would also Umbridge. agree with that. As yes, Umbridge. I love. Oh, I love sounds. whenever I love when McGee gets sassy with Umbridge. We need to like give her a nickname. Umbridge. Who Umbridge? Yeah. Toad, Toad lady. <laughs> Toad bridge. Toad bridge. What's her full name? Call her old Toady. <laughs> old Toady. I like that. Uh, I like that. Toady. For a future book. Toads Magodes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds filthy. So McGee goes on to say, You look in excellent health to me, Potter, so you'll excuse me if I don't let you off homework today. I assure you that if you die, you need not hand it in. See, and that was good. Right. So she does actually <laughs> yeah. make Harry feel better. But at lunch yeah, I... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. At lunch, Ron is still looking pretty worried, and he's like, Harry, have you seen a black dog? And Harry's like, yeah, I have. Totes. It's no big deal. And apparently Ron's Uncle Billius saw it, and he died 24 hours later. Oh! But Herm, she brushes it off. She thinks divination is wooly, and Ron's like, you just think that because you don't have the right aura, and you don't like being (laughs) bad at something for once. Ooh, sick burn. Yeah, Hermione gets pretty angry, and she says, if being good at divination means I have to pretend to see death omens in a lump of tea leaves, I'm not sure I'm going to be studying it much longer. That lesson (laughs) was absolute rubbish compared with my arithmancy class. But what's she talking about? She hasn't been to arithmancy yet. What? I don't know. Or like that little uh, thing you made with your question marks. (laughs) What? So they head on down to Hagrid's house for care of magical creatures. And he's super excited. It's really cute. No. Adorably excited. But Malfoy's being a twerp about opening the books. <laughs> and poor Hagrid's kind of deflated about it. He's like, you've got to stroke him. Stroke him. <laughs> stroke. And Hermione's like, oh, stroke. how silly of us. Stroke. Of course. You mean Malfoy? Who'd I say? Stroke me. Stroke me. I think I did. I meant Malfoy. Are you ready for this? Nobody's ready. Hagrid! 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 (laughs) Alright, so the first ickle beasties they get to meet are hippogriffs. (laughs) So there were about a dozen creatures chilling out. Harry was like, whoa, these dudes are a bit bizarre, right? <laughs> I mean, they really I don't even know they how really to like, are. react. For that to be like the first creature you see but is pretty weird. But they're awesome. What was what did Meg say that one episode, Sarah, about how she wanted to be a hippogriff? Do you remember that? Uh, I want to be a hippogriff. No, no, no. Meg was like, Meg said something about it. Um, it was hilarious. I don't... No, I can't think of it. 
Can you dance like a hippogriff? Na 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 na. Are you yep. ready for this? Yep. Okay. I just had to find where I'm reading because I didn't know I had to read. <laughs> you didn't know that in your notes you put you, you had to read. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, he looks over and they have um, it's like a half horse, half bird. That oh, that's not what I wanted to read. Wait, can I struggling. can I just say in the document? Sarah wrote a little note to herself of where to start reading, and all it says is, they had the bodies. <laughs> what the heck? Uh, that's how it starts. It says, they had the bodies, um, hind legs and tails of horses, but the front legs, wings, and heads of what seemed to be giant eagles, hashtag big falcon if you live in Cleveland, with cruel steel-colored beaks and large, brilliantly orange eyes. I call giant eagle big falcon. Oh. The tailings on their front legs were a half foot long whew, and dead, deadly looking. Each of the beasts had a thick leather collar around its neck, which was attached to a long chain. And the ends of all of these were held in the vast hands of Haggard, who came jogging um, into the paddock behind the creatures. Crazy. So Haggard, as usual, shows um, his love of these animals, calling them beautiful. And Harry can kind of see what he means like after he's like you get over the shock of seeing something that's a half horse half eagle um and so i looked up on life some things about the hippogriffs so hippogriffs i don't know about you guys but the last thing i would want to do is ride a hippogriff i'd be so cool i would do it i would Mm -hmm. ride that thing that's one of my favorite scenes in the movies well yeah but i don't want to do it I'd ride Beaky. My gosh. So, um, you can also find this on the internet is where I found it first. And then I decided to look in my history, no, Harry Potter history magic book. And so they have like an illustration from Jim K with, um, fuck beak specifically and talking about, um, sorry, my thing's going off telling me I'm talking about Harry Potter. Yes. I can hear myself talking. So it was first like, um, described in an epic poem called Orlando Furioso. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I believe that's Italian. The um, writer of said poem is Ludovico Ariosto, I think is his last name. Oh, goodness. Um, (laughs) He was first to describe the hippogriff in 1560. um, And basically, like, it was a, um, I think like a love poem or something. Ill-fated love, central theme. And it describes the griffin and horse that came together to form Hippogriff. So that was really cool. So, there's so kind like, of- did they, like, get married? No, I just think it's a creature in the story. So this is what it says. The verse was inspired by, by the Roman author Virgil, who used the union of a horse with a griffin as a metaphor for the irrationality of ill-fated love. Ooh. That is a central theme in Orlando Furioso. In this 18th century illustration, the knight... Ruggiero, sorry guys, R-U-C-G-I-E-R-O, has tethered his hippogriff mount to a tree. Um, unbeknownst to him, the tree was actually another knight who had been transformed by an evil sorceress. Her monstrous minions can be seen approaching in the background. Whoa! Oh, that's cool. Excuse me. Um, and the illustration in it with um, on the other side of the page with Jim K is pretty cool. Because it's basically the interior of Hagrid's cabin. Um, 
and this is I'm taking is a little it, snooze. Is a beaky sleeping? Yeah. Taking a nap ski. Taking a little ski of the naps. Mm. And then I figured I would read to you a little bit um, from the illustrated version of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Do it. So the um, classification from the Ministry of Magic is three X's, which means some things that I'm going to read to you. She's going to find it. <laughs> you can Turn tell the page. What she so needs. A competent wizard should cope. But if you're my cousin Nora, she can't cope. (laughs) (laughs) No one's going to understand that. No, but it's great. (laughs) All right, so it says it's native to Europe, um, though now found throughout the world. Um, It has a head of a giant eagle. It has a head. And the body of a horse, it can be tamed, unlike Miley Cyrus. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I'm going to blow some eardrums. I'm sorry. Um, It should only be attempted by experts. Eye contact should be maintained when approaching a hippogriff. Bowing shows good intentions. If the hippogriff returns the greeting, it is safe to draw closer. So they burrow for insects. But they will also eat birds and small mammals. Breeding hippogriffs um, build nests upon the ground into which they will lay a single and fragile egg. Um, sounds Italian. Fragile. Which hatches <laughs> within 24 hours. The fledgling hippogriff should be ready to fly within a week, though it will be a matter of months before it is able to accompany its parents on longer journeys. I think that's like crazy. Oh, you little wee little babe. Um. Ah, and there's even. What is that noise? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Beak is hot like that. You gotta like keep that. it under 30 seconds. It was 27. We're good. So the hippogriff fact file on the. Interwebs from the Potter of Moore. <laughs> it's a cross, as we know, horse and an eagle. They're proud creatures prone to attack if they're not shown respect, um, with razor-sharp beaks and foot-long talons, which to me sounds terrifying. That is long. Yeah. yeah. It's longer than it's a probably, velociraptor. I was going to say they're longer than a uh, Subway sandwich, because those are not actually 12 inches. <gasps> How long are they? I think they're like 11 or like 11 and a half. <gasps> Lies. I, I could what be, a I could lie, be. Subway. Unless you want to sponsor us, we'll say they're 12 inches. <laughs> That's oh. what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Loyal when shown the proper respect. Um, and then, fun things I want to click on. My hand is not working. It's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I die. Get sick. Okay. So, um, <coughs> Harriet better get out of here. I know. <clears throat> so the first thing that, like, Hagrid is like, bro, kind of talking specifically to Harry. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> so much. 
um, is that they're very proud creatures and they're very easily offended. So if you don't respect them, it's probably the last thing you'll do. And I think this is a great metaphor for life. Please, everybody, respect each other, wouldn't you? Mm. Also, I feel like in no no short term, he's asking for, like, consent to touch him. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm. Don't touch people without consent. You're welcome. And it's, it reminds me of, like, I always let, like, a dog sniff my hand before mm-hmm. I pet it. Yes. Like, come on, guys. It's Let's more so, real. like, I when I even think about it, I'm like, it's more so for my safety, because you don't know if the dog is going to bite you or not. Mm. So, like, let them sniff, and then they're not going to, like, if you just put your hand there, they're not going to bite you. Unless yeah. they hate you. And all dogs hate me, and they all go to heaven. <laughs> I was going to say that! You beat me to it. <laughs> So um, you have to wait for the hippogriff to make the first move. But you know what, ladies and gents, sometimes you need to be the hippogriff. You make the first move. You put yourself out there. Well, <laughs> I just let people dissect that. Uh... <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so when you walk towards them, you have to bow, and then you wait to see if he or she bows back. And if they do, then you can touch them. So... Um, he basically was like, he being Hagrid, <clears throat> was like, um, who wants to try first? And then nobody says anything. And poor little Hagrid is like, he seems like just to deflate a little bit. And sh- a little shocked is like, no one? My heart breaks a little bit. So Harry being ever the Gryffindor says like, he'll do it. Like, I'll do it. Right. Cool. Whatever. Separate then- that movieism, y'all. Yeah, where everyone yeah, backs up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he no, I will say, it's pretty funny in the movie. Well, like, it is. In the, but... um, in the books, like, everyone doesn't, like, get up close. Like, the only ones that kind of seem to get up close first are Harry and friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pavardi and Lavender remind him, oh so kindly, about his tea leaves. Um, and Hagrid unties one he calls Buckbeak. And, um... Hits, or tells Harry, basically, to try to um, bow to him without breaking eye contact or blinking, which to me is, like, insane. Like, you're bowing, but you had to look him in the eye, and you can't blink. Like, there's very, a lot of rules, you know what I mean? Yep, yep. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm, like, dying over here, literally. Katie has a question, or yeah. a comment. I just want to yes. say that um, that part of the book, when... Harry's trying to remember all these things. I love the, like the realism where it says like his eyes immediately began to water because like that's yes. what happens. You just get yeah. like, anxious about a situation and or you know someone tells you not to do something and of course the opposite happens. It's like a staring yeah. contest. You yeah. automatically feel this like the strong urge to blink. Right. Yeah. Um. So at first Buckbeak doesn't move. And you almost, at least when I read it, I almost get, like, a little bit of tension. Like, oh, shoot. Like, he's not going to bow. Like, I got to bounce. Like, I got to go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I got to so bounce. Bounce. And so, like, after a second, he finally bows. So, kind of reluctantly, Harry goes to pat him. Um, but Buckbeak seems to enjoy it. Because he, like, nuzzles into his little hand. So, then the mm-hmm. class applauds um, him. And they're all real happy except for Malfoy and his cronies who are all like, nah, super disappointed that, you know, he essentially didn't die. So Hagrid tells Harry, Buckbeak may let you ride him. Um, But (laughs) Harry doesn't seem to want to uh, climb on, but he basically is like, no, just get on, like get up there. 
Ride that buck beak. <laughs> oh, Sarah. So he finally um, climbs on, but like he even says that he kind of doesn't know where to put his hands because he's not used to riding anything but a broom. And um, Hagrid gives Buckbeak a little, you know, love tap on his bottom, and off they go. <laughs> so, reading from Le Chapter, without warning, 12 foot wings flapped open on either side of Harry. He had just time to seize the hippogriff around the neck before he was soaring upwards. It was nothing like a broomstick, and Harry knew which one he preferred. The hippogriff's wings were beating uncomfortably on either side of him, catching him under his legs and making him feel like he was about to be thrown off. The glossy feathers slipped under his fingers, and he didn't dare get a stronger grip. (laughs) Instead of um, the smooth action of his Nibis 2000, he now felt himself rocking backwards and forwards as the hindquarters of the hippogriff rose and fell with his wings. Buckbeak flew him around once around the paddock and then headed back to the ground. This was the bit Harry had been dreading. He leant back as the smooth neck lowered, feeling he was going to slip off over the beak. Then he felt a heavy thud as the four ill-assorted feet hit the ground and just managed to hold on and push himself straight again. So, like, I, I will say movieism. I like that he, like, really flies around with him. Like, yeah. yeah. Isn't that what he says? That Dipping music. those tootsies in the water. Yeah. That music gets me every time. Thank you. And he's like, so, How dumb did he feel doing that, though? Honestly, he was riding oh. like a green thing. That <laughs> Something on work. a green screen. Yeah. He's like, Listen, Dan, yeah. you did good. Do, 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 do. You done well. That was all, all right, off. Megan. <laughs> Beautiful. So, after Harry's success, the rest of the class is significantly less hesitant to try and pet a hippogriff. Um, so, Malfoy and cronies took over Buckbeak, and he they did manage, he being Malfoy, managed to have Buckbeak bow to him. Um, but again, he was too cocky and wasn't listening when Hagrid was talking. And so, he bows, he's petting Buckbeak, and then he was basically like being, oh, I knew it could be easy because if Harry did it, like he, it looked way too easy. He did it. I can do it. Whatever. And calls Buckbeak um, an ugly brute, I think. Right? Yeah. Sounds right. And it happens in a flash. Taylor's are out and Malfoy's on the ground with a scratch on his arm. Yes, Tiffany. I just love that Buckbeak doesn't take crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately, and I'm sure the other hippogriffs are like that, but, like, he's like, oh, you want to insult me? Slash and talons. Yeah. For sure. Show. Chickens kill Show. Show. The bloody I know. <laughs> chicken. I literally said Malfoy is on the ground crying like a little beep baby. Beep <clears throat> so, Think about it. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. Oh, it's killed me. It's killed me. It's killed me. So Hagrid, whiteface, rushes to get him to Madame Pomfrey. The Slytherins basically were like, he needs to be sacked. I can't believe he did this. He's so incompetent. Bad mouth in my main man. Mm. And basically the rest of them, the Gryffindors are kind of like, oh my gosh, can't believe that happened. Um, hope he's not sacked. Specifically, like Hermione is really upset, you know? Um, 
And so, like, later, they're the first ones to arrive, Harry and friends, to dinner, hoping to catch Hagrid there, but uh, he's not. <laughs> and Hermione even says again, she's like, I hope he's not going to be, like, I hope they won't fire him. Um, but they see Malfoy and his friends um, huddle together, probably coming up with a plan to get Hagrid in more trouble than ever um, yep. at their table. They probably all have to get the same story, right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's they're a bunch Malfoy. of big fat jerks. Ugh, I don't like them. So they head to their common room after dinner, and they see that Hagrid's light's still on, so they decide to pay him a visit. Um, so they semi-sneak out, because they're, like, not really sure if they're supposed to be out at night, like, this late at night. Um, what else? They didn't really care. They needed to go see their friend. That's right. So they get to his hut, and they knock, and Hagrid doesn't even, like, open the door. He just yells to, like, come in. Um so, I figured I would read a bit of the chapter again. He's indulging a bit, friends. Oh, is he? A bit. <laughs> so, Hagrid was sitting in his shirt sleeves um, at his scrubbed wooden table. His boarhound fang had his head in Hagrid's lap. Oh, baby. His dad's not, not feeling too great today. So one look told them um, that Hagrid had been drinking a lot. There was a pewter tankard almost as big as a bucket in front of him. Dude. And he seemed to be having difficulty in getting them into focus. Dude. Crazy. I will say, when I go off on weird tangents, I didn't realize when I reread this that it told me how big a tankard was. So I decided to, like, Google it. (laughs) So I was like, what exactly, like, is a tankard? Like... Fun fact, it's a form of drinkware. <laughs> and I guess back in the old days, like, um, there's this legend that there's there would be these, like, glass or metal tankards that would come with a glass bottom. And it had to do with, um, it was, like, developed as a way of, like, refusing, like, the king's shilling. So that it had something to do with, like, if you accepted the king's shilling, that meant you accepted being part of the... Um, army like or in like his Uh. military forces like back in the day and Mm -hmm. i was like trying to see like how accurate this was but it's on wikipedia so i don't know how much true this story is right Um, but they would put the um the king's shilling in the bottom of a tankard so it'd be like full of beer meat or whatever you were drinking that's why it's glass now or it was glass afterwards so like you wouldn't be fooled into drinking it and then you took because you accepted the mug that had the king's shilling in it so then you were like were essentially being forced into the army which or the military whatever yeah um, that's wild yeah. yeah so that was pretty cool i thought at least that's cute <laughs> so hagrid is like oh well be because he claims it's a record that a teacher has only lasted one day um but harani asks if he's been fired yet he hasn't, but he thinks it's only a matter of time. Madame Pomfrey has fixed Malfoy up the best she could, but he's still covered in bandages and moaning because he's a little baby. Uh, but Hagrid, or Harry is adamant that Malfoy is faking it. Um, she grew back 33 bones in his arm, and that might even be an extra one. We don't know. <laughs> it's the magic bone. <laughs> um, if she could do that, she can make sure that Will Malfoy's arm is a okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the school governors have been told what happened, 
and Hagrid's blaming himself, um, thinking he should have started smaller. And he says, flobber worms, maybe. Boring. Um, what did I, oh, I thought I said it wrong. Sorry, I thought you were correcting me. Oh, no. <laughs> and I wrote, I still think it's Malfoy's fault. And my best friend Harry Potter agrees. Um, <laughs> Hagrid pulls Ron and Harry into a crushing hug. And Ronnie's like, yeah, I think that you need to stop drinking. <laughs> so she takes it out and dumps it. And then um, he agrees, goes and puts his head into a barrel of H2O outside. And when he comes back, he seems a little bit more sober. And he kind of finally realizes uh, who he's been talking to. And he is not happy. Nope. He's pissed. So he's like, bro, Harry literally was yelling at him. Like, why are you out after dark? You shouldn't be out here. Like, right now and he's like then he yells at ron and hermione being like i can't believe you let him out yep you know harry's gonna do what he wants it's his hot body he's gonna do what he wants (laughs) (laughs) so then he like grabs him by the arm and he's like i'm walking you back to the castle and i don't want to see you out here again i'm not worth it like i'm not worth you coming out after dark to see me but why but why Hagrid, you worth it it's like a, isn't that a commercial? I was just saying it's a makeup, isn't it? Maybe I, not. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. All right, the lightning bolt round. I have a question that I made up that I think is really funny and it's probably not as funny as I think it is. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. How many drinks can a drunkard drink? A drunkard could drink drinks. <laughs> Seven. I'll say you are so clever making that up. Thirteen. I'm glad you enjoy yourself. I think she said nineteen. Ending. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god. All right. Um, what can we say about this chapter? Would you study divination? No. No. Nah. I think I would enjoy muggle studies to see it from that point of view. I agree. No. I think I would want to take arithmancy and and ancient runes. Nerd alert! No, I would be right there with you. (laughs) And charismatic creatures. Yeah. I have a really good something. It's horrible. Alright, you need to make up or just come up with a shape that you see in your tea dregs and what it means. So <laughs> silence. <laughs> so uh turd emoji shape and it means you're gonna have epic diarrhea. <laughs> oh, so that's in my cup all day every day, right? <laughs> Mine will yeah. be a triangle and it means that pizza is in my future. Yes! <laughs> You guys are going really funny, and I, like, thought I'm really serious. No, you do what you gotta do. Say it. My mind always goes to poop and farts, apparently. Meg. I don't know. Pizza is serious. It is. Pizza. I was gonna say that you would see a little bear in mine, and I would have a baby. What? <laughs> a baby would be in my future. Are you thinking of a bear because of Tiffany? Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. I, I, I got see, you. I would see a pillow 
Future naps. <laughs> Meg, would you like to come up with a funny one? So yeah, come up it? with a come up with another one. Or yeah. an airplane, like or something trips. Trip. Yep, that, that was gonna be mine. <laughs> I read your I read future. I knew what you were gonna say. I read your leaves. Mine would be in the shape of the United Kingdom because we're gonna go there soon. Mine would be in the shape of you. Would your Oh my gosh, are you in has... love with it? I am in love with the shape of you. Meg, would your tea leaves then be in the shape of a cup of tea because you're going to London? Yeah. Oh, snap. Oh, exception. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I would like for our listeners to create a thread um on our Facebook group and I want you to do the same as we just did. I want you to come up with a shape and tell us what it means. I like it. The talons and tea leaves thread. Yes, please. What if you could pick a flavor for your mandrake to be? What would what would you pick it? Mandrake. Your mandrake. Yeah, that you get to have in your mouth for a whole month. Oh, but it needs to be like a fruit or a vegetable. You get the flavor. Well, Megan's no, out. you know what? It needs to be savory. What? I said, well, flavor? Megan's out. What animal would your animagus be? Wait, what? Even answer the question. Oh wait, what? What? Are you podcasting? My headphone fell out and then I was sidetracked and well, like was Swiss flick and all Potter podcasts. <laughs> I asked yeah, what you think again. your flavor mandrake would be that what you have in your mouth for a whole month. Taste like? Uh, Do you think it would consistently taste like whatever? Pot I really taste- hope that it wouldn't oh. taste like lettuce because that would be torture Let's for me. It probably tastes like nasty grass. Let yeah. us take a moment and remain calm. Shut up. <laughs> As we dive and dive into <laughs> what we're going to talk about. If I could pick the flavor, I would want it to be like a like an orangey flavor or like citrusy. Great. Aren't you glad I picked this question? Yes. I would say probably as far as like leaves go, like a mint leaf. Mm. Ooh, yeah, that would you be know good. what? I think I would want like mint or spearmint. Yeah, basil. I oh, hate basil. I love basil. I hate it. I mean, I like oh, basil, but I couldn't <clears throat> eat it for a whole month. I like eat mint. It. That's a good one, and that's yeah. realistic. I need a fresh yeah. breath. Open up your mouth and feed it. Those are the lyrics. Weird Al, come on. Never heard of them. All right. uh, What would your Amigas be now? (laughs) Fozzie Bear. Honestly, and everyone knows that I'm more of a dog person, but I think I'm actually a cat. Like, I think I would turn into a cat. You could be a lazy dog. Great Danes are lazy. I don't want to be, but they have joint issues. Oh. Or heart issues. (laughs) I'm just saying. I think I would be a cat. Like, I, because... Weren't you with me, or was it you guys that were with me? That, like, I want to be the person... I just want to knock... Oh, that's a great pose for her to freeze at. We'll never know what she wants to do. You froze like this. You were like, nah. Oh, you guys didn't hear what I said? No. I I I said I... They knock stuff over. Yeah, like, when I... There's certain times I have this overwhelming feeling when I'm in a store, and it's specifically, like shelves that would be like real good to knock over and you just take your hand and go Whoosh. I'm a cat. That's all I'm saying is I'm a cat. I'm a cat. I would be a cat. I'm a cat. I'm a kitty cat. 
And it ain't stamp, stamp, and it ain't stamp, stamp. Okay, nope. bye. <laughs> That's a real thing. Come I would be a fox. I don't know what I would God, be. I love foxes. <laughs> would you be Juniper? Yeah. I freaking love Juniper. I'd be a raccoon. You be the one be that a just trash panda. They love food. You want to be a trash panda? Yeah, I don't wash their food. I feel like Katie is a raccoon anyway. Thank you. Did you hear that story about the raccoon that scaled the building in Minneapolis? No, Did but I you heard it miss was safe. my whole Twitter? I was like freaking out. Yeah, it's safe. They saved it. <sighs> so cute. <sighs> Poor little coon. He's stuck. I feel like and then he took really a nap. just. <laughs> See? Love to be a raccoon. Sarah, what are you going to be? A cat, you said. Never a cat. Meow. <laughs> the, the, the mean ones that, like, flick things off the shelves. Does Knock over water glasses. I feel that like whole you would be, like, video. Cats are animals. Everybody wants to be a cat. Because the cat's... Everybody the wants to be a cat. Not me. It's one of my favorite all-time movies. Yeah. Time is so madly. Time is so madly. I actually have a cousin who his first name is Thomas, his middle name is O'Malley. So it's Thomas Summer. O'Malley. Yellowmo. <laughs> Any other bolts of lightnings? I don't know. Fan Let's story? Let's go to the fan story. Story. Fan story. Story of fans. This one comes from Nikki Eggers. You ready? You're distracting me. The first four books were out by the time I was in kindergarten, so my mom read them to me since I couldn't read at that level yet. Her voice would go hoarse from reading, but I was so hooked that I would beg her to keep going. When her voice was gone, I would pick up the book and try to read it myself. My sister, mom, and I waited at midnight for the release of each of the rest of the books, and we were so obsessed. My mom wouldn't buy more than one copy of the book for us, so we would each be allowed to read one chapter, then pass it to the next person. Oh my god. Torture! It was so hard to stop reading and hand it off. My dad didn't like the books and was so annoyed. What? I'm just saying that I would have been the sibling that pretended like I didn't finish a chapter and just continued on to the next one. Yep. My dad didn't read the books and was so annoyed none of us were talking to him because we were busy reading, that he hid the fifth book while we were reading it. We all tore apart the house looking for it and were so mad that he learned not to do that again. (laughs) Oh, that would have been no bueno. I was mad that my dad wouldn't read the book, so later on, once all seven were out, I read the entire series out loud to him while he sat and watched NASCAR racing on TV. Dude, that is is my dad. It's awesome. To make sure he was paying attention, I would randomly quiz him. (laughs) (laughs) To this day, he can reference Harry Potter and is now in the loop. I have reread the series dozens of times, but there's nothing like the full circle of my mom reading the first four to me and me reading them all to my dad. I plan on rereading them again and again. I love doing the reread with you guys because it gives a new perspective on content I I I thought I had thought about in every way possible. Thank you for reopening the magic that is Harry Potter. Ooh. I want to shout out. You're welcome, Sarah. I, I can't look at you. Look, Sarah. look at her. <laughs> you look like hog. a who? I do. Nikki. Don't it look like a who? Straight out of Whoville, dude. Yeah, Nikki. All I have to say is, what can I say except 
You're welcome. Oh my god. <laughs> Wrong <Yeah>. podcast, Meg. <laughs> um also that Thank just you. reminds me a lot yeah. of my dad as well. Not so much that I read the series to him because he would not have tolerated that. But <laughs> he was the dad that would take me to the midnight shows when I wasn't really old enough to be there on my own. He saw the movies with me anytime I asked him to take me. So he, like, he is the same way. He can reference Harry Potter. He understands it. He knows the characters and all that kind of stuff. Um, and shout out to parents who do that for their kids. Even though it's not your thing, you do it for your kid, and I love that. So. Thank you for my, your story, well, I did Nikki. read Thank all you. of them with me. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I like when people talk about their dads and stuff like that. Yeah. I think my dad knows that it's, like, a magic thing. And he knows I do a podcast, and he, like, brags about it, but he knows zilch. My dad tells people, and I was, like, shocked. I was like, oh, God. Because I don't like, not that I don't like talking about it with people, but other people are better at explaining it than I am. And, like, we were at a funeral of all places, and they're like, so I heard you have a podcast. I go, how? Your dad talks about it. I was like, oh, okay. I doubt it. But, like, he read all the books. He's seen all the movies. Like, if I'm watching, a mo- like, one of the movies, he'll sit down and watch it with me. He's a my, good my nerd dad. Yes. He's a good nerd dad. Yeah, he is a good nerdy dad. I'm the black sheep in my family. I'm the only nerd, so. Yeah. <laughs> He's my nerd dad. He's my other dad. <laughs> I'm the least nerdy, minus my mom. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, kids. So. Let's talk about other projects. You can find me on some other things. Uh, just one other thing. You can find me on a podcast called Box Trick, and it's all about video games. Box Trick. Yep, but we're probably going to be taking a hiatus pretty soon, if not already, by the time you hear this, because of me, you know, like giving birth and being a mom and stuff and all that jazz. And my brain's moving across the country, so we'll pick up where we pick up. But we just did an E3 episode, but this is like way past it, so it's not even relevant anymore. <laughs> you might and that's all her. I have. <laughs> you might find her on a little thing called BB8 Radio, but we'll get to that after Megan and Katie. Great. Um, so Kate and I do another podcast to fill our Disney void in our lives called Grown Up Kids, where we're watching all of the Disney films in chronological order. Uh, we're on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Facebook. Facebook, Grown Up Kids, Disney Podcast, Grown Up Kids Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Find us. That's yeah. cool. We also have an Etsy shop with some cool Harry Potter stuff. We got do. posters and fun things with sayings we've made up, um, things from the series, like shops and stuff. It's sweet for parties or home decor. So check it out. It's called Akio Designs. Quite a few people have used it for like bridal showers and baby yeah. showers too. So. It's very. It would be very good for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a college dorm room. I feel yeah. like the your posters are like. I, if I would have had them, I, they would have been all over my walls. Why? Thank you. Yeah. I have a good way to end the episode before Tiffany signs off. Wait. What's Sarah? Oh, oh yeah, I forgot that you have a project now. <laughs> Because she's been living in Whoville. We don't know where she's at. <laughs> That's all right. I'm easily forgotten because they don't love me. Um, Shut it. My first project is trying to live my life to the best of my abilities. It doesn't always go well. Um, it's now July almost. 
<laughs> or it might be July. I think this comes out on the first. Good luck with that. The summer's over. I'm sad. And I do a podcast, but it hasn't actually done anything for a while. Well, BB-8 Radio. We talk about Star Wars sometimes. Check it out. A Star Wars? <laughs> What's a Star, Star Wars? I don't know. I'm like getting fed up with that fandom, man. Uh, we can't. <sighs> but we'll yeah. talk about it on BBA Radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Megan. What? Can you dance like a hippogriff? Na 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 na. Um. Are we done with this episode? Did you say your bit, Tiffany? Who does what to you? I said, did you do your bit yet? Yeah. No, I So, that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Just my voice! <laughs> Alright, let's start. Ready? You have to stop hitting yourself. <laughs>